welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train, Jared Freed, coming to you live from the West Village of Manhattan. We're here every Monday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. Let me say it again. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of this fantastic podcast. If I do say so myself, I think it's a good product we're putting out there. I'm hoping you're enjoying. I love that you do enjoy, and I hear from you over DM and tweets and all the good stuff that really feathers my nuts. And it's going to be an alone episode. So dim those lights. It's you and Papa J Train. You and the Wizard of Ha. We got some emails in front of me. I got six emails. Very depthy. Beautifully written. If you want to be a part of the J Train podcast, you got something to for me and my guests normally or myself to hash out jtrainpodcast at gmail.com that's jtrainpodcast at gmail.com i guess there's no good reason for the alone episode uh we had we were going to tape on monday and one of the guests canceled and then i said you know what i need to chill a little bit this week let me tape these over zoom and then i was like you know what it's a gray New York City foggy Tuesday and why not just let's 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 light a candle and do an alonesy. So that's what we're doing here. Um and if you want your email read on the podcast, jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. It's the time of year that we're getting we're gonna have a lot of sponsors this episode. Support the sponsors because they support the show. I mean and listen, all most of these sponsors give you free money towards something that might help your life. If it's something that doesn't help your life, fine. I get it. Move on. But if it's something you were going to get involved with anyways, like our first sponsor, like our first sponsor is Brooklinen. I'm not telling you to get sheets every week. But if it's something that can help you out, we're going to give you some, yeah, we're giving you money. Let me, I'll read off the, the, let's get into it. Brooklinen, it's sponsored by Brooklinen. If you're looking for thoughtful, quality presents for your people this season... It's a great thing for gifts, Brooklinen. Everything's cozy, curated, and sure to be a hit with everyone on your list. I love Brooklinen. I'm looking at my bed right now. It's covered in Brooklinen. It's, I, I have a freshly made bed with freshly washed sheets. I did the laundry earlier today. And it is, it's, it's almost glowing. It looks so comfy. And that's because of Brooklinen. And let me, the other thing about Brooklinen, it's made it into mom world. Your mom knows about it. My mom does. My mom knows about nothing. She called me. She's like, you got to get me the Brooklyn, and I heard they're amazing. She's So if moms are hearing they're amazing, they are amazing, and they work directly with suppliers, and they pass the savings on to you. And Brooklyn launches new products, colors, and patterns all the time. Sheets, towels, and robes pop with bold colors and holiday prints. Brooklyn's bundles make this busy season so much easier. Whether you're looking to refresh your space or gift to someone special, bundles are a sure bet. I just gave Brooklyn as a gift. It was a easy 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 process so let the gifting begin go to brooklinen.com that's b-r-o-o-k-l-i-n-e-n.com use promo code jtrain20 for twenty dollars off and free shipping on orders over a hundred dollars and over wow that's a great deal so code jtrain20 for twenty dollars off and free shipping on orders of a hundred dollars and over love that so again support the sponsors because they support us and they, you know, we support you, give you that, you know, that, that free money. Late 20s, why is everyone coupling up? It's funny, when I read that title, late 20s, why is everyone coupling up? I mean, that's not the most abnormal thing to happen. That's kind of the age. 
J Train, been a loyal listener for four years. Recommend you to all my friends. I'm even a You Up With Benefits subscriber. Thank you. On to my question. I'm 27 years old. Well, that's the age. If I'm going to be honest with you, 27 is when that first domino falls. I remember... I remember with me, but more specifically, I remember my brother and I were living together and he was 27 and I'm 31 at the time. And I remember like the first engagement happened and I said to him, I go, here we go. You're, you're in it. It's happening. The one, because everyone gets put on notice, you know, and it, and it takes one person in the friend group. And then everyone goes, oh, oh, what are we doing here? It becomes a mirror. I'm 27 years old. And I know this because then you get over the hump. Like, I'm 37 now. The weddings are done. So once I got over the hump, it's like almost like you made it. You know that scene in the Tom Hanks movie, Survivor? Is that what it's called? What is it? Yeah, Survivor. That's not what it's called. Tom Hanks. Island movie. I, I, nothing makes me feel dumber. Castaway. <laughs> nothing makes me feel dumber than when I Google something that I know I know. Tom Hanks Island movie, please. <laughs> Castaway. There's a scene in Castaway where he builds the boat and then there's the waves he has to get over. And then once he's over the waves, he gets into this clear sea. I would say at 27 till 31, 32, that's when the wavy season happened. That's when the bachelorettes and the bachelors and the weddings and the engagement parties are all happening. Then you get get into 33 and you go, huh, summer's oddly calm. So... It's, this is normal. I've lived in a small city outside of New York City for about four years. For the most part, I've, I've loved my time here. I've made a really close-knit group of friends. There's 10 of us, half guys, half girls. That group's going away, baby girl, which has been a huge part of why I'm happy here and honestly feel closer to these friends than I have anyone I grew up with or went to college with. Yeah, I, I listen, the TV show Friends had to end. Ross and, you know... Monica and Chandler moved to the suburbs, you know, and I had this group. I had the same group, your city friends, and then people, one person gets a boyfriend there. One person gets a girlfriend there. Oh, we got to do this weekend. We can't do the football game. We got to go and do the, you know, the, the christening of, of some random uh, new niece. You know, the, I had this group. However, I talk about it like they all died. I, I do. I still keep in contact with them. It's just different. However, about six months ago, everyone in my group has started coupling up. Went from eight of us being single to only me since April 2022. I do not mind being single at all. In fact, I'm pretty particular. Um, I'm a pretty particular person who loves my alone time. But being the only single one of my friends is what gets me. For example, I'm writing to you on a beautiful Saturday night while everyone else is visiting their significant other's families. What did I just say? Out on a date, moving in with their girlfriend, etc. Yeah, because now you're you're scheduling for two. That's where things get difficult. And then when you have kids, you're scheduling for three, and then another kid scheduling for four, and you know, the amount of times you're going to be able to go, hey, let's get the eight together or the, you know, the group of 10. Not going to happen. 
and I'm left with no plans. The easy answer is go make some new single girlfriends, which isn't bad advice, but also easier said than done. I agree. It's not easy. That's not easy at all. Go make a new adult friends. If someone came out to me in the middle of the street, was like, hey, you looking for a friend? I'd be like, get away. <laughs> I, don't want a, I don't want a new friend. That, uh, I get it. I've been thinking about moving to New York City for over two years because I've always wanted, quote unquote, more out of life, but I haven't done so because I've had a good life here with my friends and my office is very close. But now I'm very set on moving and I'm really looking forward to it, but have another 10 months until my lease ends. I feel myself getting annoyed at my friends when no one else is free to hang out, but I know it's just me projecting my own insecurities on them, which isn't fair. I'm sure you've been in a similar situation. I, I mean, I just explained how... I've had exactly this situation. Hey, what's everyone doing? Well, we got the we got the gender reveal party for my aunt's sister's cousin. Um, oh, we're going to the suburbs. We got to go hang with my parents. Oh, it's you know it's my girlfriend's you know whatever you know it's all this is all normal. Uh, what have you done when you find yourself the only single one of the friend group? Any tips or advice? Any perspective that you've gotten being the only single one that has made you feel less alone thanks for all that you do very ready to mingle well i think coming to terms with this is uh this is totally normal and that's something i've talked a lot about since the beginning of this email like this is what happens you're at the age like this is all and and here's the other thing someone else is in your situation someone else is just like you being like i'm not ready for that yet so they're out there it's just a matter of where. I think this has to do with connecting. You know, some would say, like, I, what you said is the good, what you said about, oh, go find some other single girlfriends. Yeah, that's okay in theory. That's easy to say, harder to do. What's the strategy for that? My strategy for that, and some people are like, oh, run away from the group. No, dig into the group. I would hang out. I would zone in on the, you know, your close friends in this 10. I'm sure you're not as close with all 10 of the people. I'm sure it's levels. I'm sure there's someone that you're closer with and there's someone that you're not as close with. It's all levels. I would go to my closest friend in the group and hang out with them and their new boyfriend or girlfriend. Spend a night with them. Let's, let's do something with them. Let's make a plan with them. And let them know. And what happens is they've got other friends similar position to you. You want to find the tentacles of this group. You don't need, it, it's too hard to go out there on this lonely journey. You know, go, go and dig into this group and find out, oh, because these people, even though you, you're close and everyone knows each other really well, oh, it's the 10. No, well, the 10, everyone's got their other 10. They've got other people. So they know someone in the same boat as you. Oh, so-and-so single. They just went out last week. And then let's be proactive about getting drinks with those people. I would also say the other thing, the other explanation of what's going on here is people don't want to go through shit alone. And this is kind of what saves you too. I said it's hard to make friends as an adult, but you want to do stuff with other people. People like to be next to someone else. That's why your friends are getting married at the same time. That's why they're they're doing you know they're doing they're coupling up around the same time because they're like oh okay now I have someone to, we're all doing this we're all going to go on our way. That's why and it, the idea that you're not ready for that that's okay too. But you're going to find other people that are going to be looking to do the same thing as you. I would and the other thing is moving to the city in ten months. Let's do some city runs. Let's go into the city. Let's do some city trips. 
But know this is normal. And also, I mean, any perspective that you got in being the only single one that has made you feel less alone. I think the other thing, well, what helped me is like I was doing stand-up. So I'd be out at night at shows. So my social and my work life were kind of connected. Um, but I would, I would dig into the friend group and see who else are they talking to. Who's the friend of a friend? Also, let's get out there and date. Let's go meet some new people. You know, I, I, I understand this idea of like, well, I'm particular. Well, you won't be at some point. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. If you're in the Boston area, I'm going to be there this weekend. I'm doing two shows with the Wilbur. It is. And if you already have tickets, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm so excited to do the Wilbur Theater. This is like a big deal. It's the theater in Boston. It's the one people know. It's the one you grow up hearing about. So it's a huge deal for me. The first one sold out. The second one, there's still tickets left. I would love to sell that out. I don't know. Uh, as the days go on, I keep, <laughs> I don't know if that's happening. But if you haven't got tickets, come. It's going to be a fun show. I'm, 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 this is kind of my dry run for the special taping. So if you're coming, you're gonna get a, you're gonna see what that special will probably be. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Jim Boy Breakdown. Jared, love the pod. It's the reason I make it through my work day. Well, thank you. Here's the issue. I liked this guy for months who works at the gym I go to. I was content just crushing, but a couple months ago he asked for my number and we started chatting. It's interesting the idea is like I was content just crushing. And it's like, are you? I, I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, that's fun. I know. But like signs were given because he asked for your number. It's not out of the blue. Met up and realized we actually have a lot in common. <laughs> what? I, sometimes I la I'm laughing because it's not that crazy. Someone that you are attracted to. If you're attracted to them, you're going to give more leeway than you wouldn't. So sometimes I get emails here where it's like, I think, I think acting, let's be less surprised. Let's be less surprised that you found something in common with someone you were attracted to. Be, right? It's, it's one thing, you know, it's like when I do a show, when I do a stand-up show, and it's people who know me, the jokes are easier to get on board with than the people who don't know me. If you listen to the podcast, you come to the show, you're ready. You're, you're like, I know, I like this guy already. And that's literally a third of the, of the thing. It's set up punchline and do I like them? Because if you like someone, you're more willing to laugh with them. And, you know, if you know me from the podcast, you're going to come to a show. So those work easier. And, and listen, I am aware of that. But I... And I can tell when it's the people who like me laughing and I can tell when it's the whole room laughing. So, again, I'm being realistic. When someone writes to me and says, I've been crushing on this guy and wouldn't you know it? We had a lot in common. Well, yeah, you're giving leeway. You, you, you like them already. You're, so you're, you're coming at it with kind eyes. It makes sense that you would have something in common. You had a connection of some sort. So let's, because when we, when we do this thing of like, I can't believe it. I don't, you know, people write to me all the time and I never connect with anybody. It's like, oh, you've just been a recluse. You've been, you know, you're, you're the pigeon lady from uh, Home Alone 2. Like, no, 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 stop it. 
you get along with people. It's nice that you get along. You're attracted to them, which means you're seeing this as more than just a regular getting along. And that's okay. I'm just, let's keep things in perspective. We had a great connection on many levels, and it progressed to become a f- to becoming official, meeting meeting his friends, introducing me to other people who work at the gym, and making an effort to talk to me whenever he could. After becoming official, in a couple more weeks, the effort dropped off almost completely. It got to the point that the amount I liked him outweighed the stress he was causing me. I was making an effort to meet up and end it, and he kept giving excuses. It all ended with him gift gifting me a breakup text on my 21st birthday as he wasn't in the place mentally to be in a relationship. The problem now, I go to the gym four times a week and the people who work there all know we are no longer together and look at me weird. He also seems to avoid me but still make sure to say hi. I don't want to change my lifestyle habits because I dated a boy for a couple of months. Please help. Any insight into why he would have flipped the switch in our relationship and how I could make my workout less weird. It's a specialty gym with no other real options to switch up. Please help. Great Wizard of Haas. Sincerely, emotionally drained birthday girl. Well, I'm sorry for the breakup. And you said you broke up on your 21st birthday. So you are young and I'm sure new to this whole thing. Let me explain what happened because I know exactly what happened. He liked you. He's attracted to you. He gets into a relationship. Very quickly, he realizes he's not ready for the responsibility of a relationship. Okay? That might sound like a cop-out, but it's the truth. He got into it, and he goes, oh, shit, I'm going to have to give more time. I'm going to have to give more effort. And then when you were saying, where's your effort? He's going, damn it, I'd rather not have to answer to anybody than do this. Okay? That's what happened. So he liked you, but not enough. He didn't like you enough. That sounds bad. Let me take a walk back. He didn't. He didn't like you enough. Makes it sound so personal. But it's. I mean that, but it's also not what what it sounds like. It's not like you could have done anything to be liked more. This guy wasn't ready for a relationship. He got in it and he realized very quickly he's not ready for the responsibility of you. Okay, so once he comes to that conclusion, he is immature. You're 21. I'm assuming he's around your age. He, listen, uh, I'm assuming he's way less mature than you because if he's 21, he's very immature. If he's 25, he's still very immature. Fine. So he knows he has no good reason to end it because it just started. He's sitting there being like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. I got in this relationship. Then I realized I'm not ready for the responsibility of the relationship, but we've been together a month and I have no good reason to end it. So I'm going to act a little weird. I'm going to be cut off. I'm going to put this person in a position where they know something's off, but they're not sure really what. And that's what he did to you. And it's like, you know, it's a very male thing to me because I've done it. I'm I'm not above it. He's trying to shoot off warning flares that, hey, this is going to end. And he wishes he had a good reason. Like, But there's no fight that's going to happen. There's no argument that's going to happen. You guys, as you said, you get along pretty well. So what's he going to do out of nowhere? And then what gets, you know, the feedback always becomes, you blindsided me. Why would you get in a relationship with me if you didn't think, that if you were going to do this? And it's like, yeah, I'm a human being too who makes mistakes. I think that gets lost in this a lot to defend him. Because what gets lost because I've been in that position. Why would you, why would you bring me to? Why would you give me your number in the first place? Well, I'm trying to figure this shit out too. 
So that's why he gave you his number. That's why he went out on the date with you. That's why he introduced you to people. Then he realized, oh my God, I'm fucking in over my head and I don't want this responsibility. And he gets a little weird and then finally the birthday is when he sends the text. And why is he sending it on the birthday? Because it's either celebrate the birthday with you and this is more serious and it's another thing on the list that you put on with, he introduced me as my friend. You even do this list. And listen, I hope I don't sound like I'm blaming you. I'm just telling you what happened and what's going on through his head. Uh, and I don't think you're wrong. I'm just saying when I see, um, when I see, it became official. We meet his friends, introduce me to other people he works at the gym with, makes an effort to talk to me whenever he could, and he celebrated my 21st birthday with me. And what he did was like, fuck, I can't add 21st birthday on the list, so I got to break up today. And he pushed it off to the last possible second because I've been there. I've been him. I get it. Even though it's shitty and I'm sorry it happened. So, and I'm laughing because it's so, I, I'm laughing because like I'm talking about this guy, but I'm talking about myself at the same time. I would have pushed it off too. And then I would have gotten to the birthday and been like, fuck, I can't go through the birthday. I say it on the podcast all the time, beware of birthdays, bar mitzvahs, life moments, vacations, next steps. So, that's what happened. Uh, that's why he flipped a switch. And it wasn't a flip switch. It was more of a dimmer that he turned on gradually. How can I make my workouts less weird? Um, my advice for that is to go directly to him and tell him you're over it. And I don't think anyone at the gym is looking at you weird i i'm sure they're looking at you differently and i can sure you're feeling that i can't tell you how to feel but everyone doesn't care that much about you and your relationship so i understand that like i don't want to change my lifestyle habits you know he seems to avoid me i think you start you got to go directly at the the problem the people at the gym, they're going to get over it. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. They don't care. They they care in the way that you care about, oh, I need some gossip to talk about that's not about my own life. So here's my advice to you. You go to him. You say, hey, I want to let you know I'm cool with you. That's the biggest concern he has is he knows he did all this stuff. He knows he acted weird. He knows he got in over his head. He knows he didn't do it, end it maturely, and he's a little, he probably feels very guilty about it. And I would, because I've been in him, and I'm telling you, he feels guilty. I would go to him and just be like, hey, I just want to let you know, I just want my gym back. I want you to know we're cool. I don't hate you. I'm annoyed with how it ended, but I don't hate you. Um, I just want to have a normal, as normal as this gym situation can be. We tried, it didn't work. I, and to me, that's you being so mature. I don't think it's you letting him off the hook. If you get a, if you get caught up on that, you're gonna be all. Then you might as well leave the gym. But if you want your gym back, you go directly to him and be like, "Hey, we. I just want to let you know, like we're cool. Like I, I'm happy we got together. I'm happy we had the experience together. I'm happy it's over as well because now I can kind of move on. Like I think you need one more talk." And just very plainly, no emotion, just, and then it ends with, and I understand like these things are awkward, but I don't want this to be awkward. So if your friends are like talking about this and this is kind of part of your gossip, can you just end it for me? Do me that favor. 
Now you give him a way out of this. And I hope, I think he'll act right. I hope. But he's obviously immature. I get that. He's obviously feeling guilty. That's why he's avoiding you, but saying hi. So he gets the high in and he goes away. I think if you go right up to him, and I think it'll be a much better gym experience. JTrainPodcast.com. JTrainPodcast at gmail.com. Spooky season's over. It's time for cozy season. There's no better time to get warm and cozy near a solo stove. I will tell you this right now. It's going to get... First of all, we're changing the clocks. It's going to get colder. And when people talk about seasonal depression, I think it's because our world becomes smaller. You can only... You can't go outside for the walk. You can't sit outside on the deck. You can't... You know, you can't take, you know, that run. You can't, you know, you're you're stuck in one living room with one TV and one remote. And what a solo stove does for you is it widens your space. During these months where it gets cold and you don't want to be outside, it maybe gives you a space that you wouldn't have used before that now is usable and you can go have your morning coffee with a solo stove. You can have a night glass of wine with your solo stove. You can sit with your partner I think it's just such a wonderful idea to widen and expand your living space. And that turns into happiness. I really do. I, I, I'm not just saying this. So I'm going to give you some free money for a solo stove because I really do think it's going to improve your, your, your mentality this, this winter. Prepare for your best outdoor memories yet and save big during the Solo Stove Fall event. Plus, use promo code JTRAIN at solostove.com for an extra $10 off. There's your free money. That's solostove.com, promo code JTRAIN for $10 off on top of the fall event deals. Hurry, the fall event ends November 10th. So you got a few days. I would get into that. I think it's just such a game changer for, I mean, I like to, I've been trying to wake up early. I've been waking up early and I go and sit at this coffee shop on Hudson. If you live in New York and you're up at nine in the morning, I'm, I'm there. You, you'll see me on my phone. And I just, I, there's something very Zen about it. And I know that time is running out for me because it's going to get colder and I'm not going to be able to sit out there for a while and I'm going to have to find a new spot or a new kind of routine. Um, if I had a solo stove, I'd go and put it right in that corner and you know have it going. So I think that's a good opportunity for you. Uncommittal boss. Dear Jared, I would appreciate your advice on a flaky boss. I have a great job in New York City that I landed a few months ago. I live pretty far away, but the job is on quote-unquote flex time. So logistically, it's fine. The problem is my boss can't seem to stick to any sort of schedule. That sucks. I'm left often making the commute, and he either doesn't come in, as he said, or most of the time he just runs out of time to meet with me. He doesn't apologize and ask me uh, to come in again since he didn't have, get a chance to meet with me. It's trig- It's tiring. I mean, I almost said triggering. It's it's triggering to me. That would, this sounds awful, time-consuming and expensive. I'm still in training, so I need this time. Meeting in the office is, an, is often not necessary. It's just more uh, likely option to catch his attention. 
it's it's just the more likely option to catch his attention. To give more context, he is one of the only people to go in the office regularly. Most employees are remote and come in for an occasional meeting. This is my dream job. It feels like a ridiculous problem to have. It reminds me of the days when I was on a dating app trying to pin a guy to, to a date in time for uh, date and time for a date. But this is an adult professional relationship. Thanks for everything. Ah, this is tough. This is tough. Um there's this is tough because you said it's your dream job and it's like what's the cost of the dream job and you say you live pretty far away and it's it's also like a generational thing you know this guy's probably you know there's a lot of talk of like will we go back from remote to in office? And it's probably going to be a hybrid of the two, which it sounds like you have, but you have all these people that are like, everyone should be in work. And you have these people that are come from management and they just want everyone in the office because it makes them feel comfortable. It's not, and they don't even think of like all the extracurriculars that go into it. Like, I don't think this guy think this guy probably lives near the office. It's not a big deal for him. He likes going in, gets away from his family. gets, you know, he likes the, the, the routine of it, just like I like waking up and having my coffee on Hudson, you know? So I do understand, let's think of where he's coming from in the most empathetic way. I don't think he's, I don't think he gets off to the idea of forcing you to come in. Let's, let's get away from that because I don't think that's helpful. If it is what he's doing, you're going to find out, but let's give him every, every, and it's new. So you don't know yet what this guy's deal is. I, if it were me and I was in a similar position, I am making sure that I do everything. I, I'm almost annoying to this guy to make appointments with him. Or the other thing you can do, I just don't want to come in and pay all the money, you know, travel expense. There are travel expenses, gas, subways, all that stuff. If I were you, let's have a standing meeting once a week let's get ahead of it let's have a standing meeting you say to him hey we've missed each other a few times would you like to have like a standing meeting where we can go everything over everything in person now you give him what he wants which is this in-person touch with you and you get to schedule it so you go hey what is the time that is best for you. And you give him the whole week. You say, every week I will open up my calendar for you. It's like, and I would say, you know, speak to what's happened before. Again, he might look at you and go, go fuck yourself. You're new here. Um, too bad. It's your dream job. I hope that doesn't happen. If they hired you, I hope they want you to work there. So you have to live. I would live with that confidence. They hired me. That means they like me. That means they need me. Okay. And you need them. That's how a work relationship should work, where we, we need each other. You need my skill, and I need your you know company that is here to work at. So I, I think the best way to go is, hey, we keep missing each other, and I keep coming in, and I, I don't want to be a bother to you, and I'm waiting at the office, and sometimes we don't make it happen. How would it sound if we have a standing meeting every week? Because I've, you said your job is flex time, it's logistically, it's, uh, so you don't have to be in there. But you have to let him know, like, I'm not coming in here. And I would even say, like, and, and you can even say, I live in blankety blank, okay? I'm coming in really to meet with you. 
we've had a few miscommunications. We've had a few missed opportunities. Can we make a weekly meeting, just you and I, so that we can get all the in-person stuff done for the week? And I will do it literally any time that's best for you. You tell me. Now he's making the plan. Now it's on his schedule. Now he knows to work around you. He's got a standing, oh, Friday at 11, I'm always meeting with so-and-so. That's how I would attack it. Let's make a solution where he, you know, is involved in creating the solution. I think it's harder. Like when someone says, want to do my podcast? I don't want to do your podcast. I don't want to do it. Hey, Monday at eight, can you do my podcast? It's different. Okay, yeah, now I can zone in towards eight. And if he doesn't do that, now you have this meeting. Hey, I'm missing the meeting. Now, now you can check in. Hey, is the meeting, is, the, uh, is, is tomorrow at 10 a.m.? Are we still good? Now you get to get ahead of it. Oh, I don't think it's going to work. Or, oh, I'm in. And now he's missing a meeting with you instead of you waiting on him for whatever random meeting he wants to have. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Ooh, we're sponsored. You've got at least one holiday party coming up that you want to look your absolute best for. For chic and comfortable shoes that can easily be dressed up and dressed down for any kind of seasonal gathering shop Rothy's. Okay. I wear them. I love them. I love Rothy's, especially to the person that just emailed in where you have days you go into an office, days you don't. Rothy's are the perfect shoe for you. Self Magazine named the original slip. Slip-on sneaker, the best slip-on sneaker, but they also make insanely comfortable loafers, ankle boots, and more. I have the driving shoe. I love them. Very comfortable. Also, they look cool. I, I can wear them with khakis. I can wear them with jeans. All their products are machine washable, which means they'll keep looking great through the new year and beyond. Get stylish shoes, versatile and durable enough to wear all the time with Rothy's. Get $20, $20, $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash JTrain. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash JTrain. Okay, so let me, this is a, this is going to be a, I guess, overcoming infidelity in my marriage. It's going to get a little serious. Jared, coming to you from a beef cattle farm in Australia. Beef cattle farm in Australia, all the way around the world. It's crazy. I send you the softest, featheriest feathers of uh, of all time for your nuts. Well, thank you. It's a long way to feather me from, but it's okay. I've followed you for years, never had a reason to write because I have been in a relationship for 10 years, married for five but I see such wisdom in your advice and it makes me laugh so hard. Well, I'm hoping I can help out. Sounds like you're in a pretty overcoming infidelity in my marriage. I hope you can bring some insight and humor. (laughs) Oh no, I I hope I can to what is a pretty dark situation. Sorry about that. Well, don't be sorry. I'm hoping we can lighten this up and add some perspective. I recently discovered my husband has been having an affair for six six months with a quote unquote friend of his. A woman who is married with three kids. It's tragic. Let me start by saying it's tragic. You got your husband. She's got her family. It's, uh, I'm sorry. Her husband found out. So my husband ended up confessing the whole thing to me, crying his eyes out, begging for my forgiveness. My world was shattered. The last couple of years has been 
the last couple of years has been rough. He lost his dad. I lost my mom. We have had three miscarriages and I lost my job due to COVID. I am so sorry. We have become more and more disconnected as we separately dealt with our own grief. After the affair came out, we both started having individual counseling. We have been going to marriage counseling. We are working on it and and talking more openly than we ever have. It's been four months since the affair came out. They have no contact anymore. They blocked each other everywhere and both appear to want to stay married. But of course, I can't stop thinking about what they did and how many lies were told over the course of the affair. Yeah. Oof. Very tough. Through counseling, I've realized how long we have not been happy. The first five years were nothing but fun time, laughter, and easygoing banter. But I think that's because life was easy. The second it got harder, we couldn't get along anymore. We stopped communicating and grew further apart. I mean, I don't know this through experience, obviously. But when you hear the stories... This sounds like it tracks other stories like this. So I don't know what that means to say, but I'm just saying, you know, th- you know, stop communicating, grew further apart. These are words you hear from a lot of people that go through, you know, infidelity. We seem to be talking so much more. Intimacy between us is at an all-time high now, which is awesome. And it feels like we're growing through the experience. That's not to say we don't still have bad days and huge arguments when I get triggered by something like seeing her at the store. Oy. My question is this. Can you change the dynamic of a relationship after a few years of toxicity, arguing, or even worse, ignoring each other? Are we going to spend all this energy trying to work on things only for this to happen again when something hard happens again? Am I an idiot for even trying to get the relationship we had in the beginning back? And the big one, am I an idiot for trying to forgive him and stay? For context, I am 40. My husband is 31. Well, I'm sorry this is happening. Everything. The whole thing. And I don't think... Let me start with, am I an idiot? You're not an idiot. I think you're you're trying. I don't think anyone's an idiot for trying. That effort is admirable. And I understand what you're saying. Like your first thought is, am I an idiot? How do people look at me? You know, and no, I don't know who knows about this, but I do understand. Am I an idiot for trying to forgive him and saying, you? nobody wants to feel like they're a sucker. And I think that's what you're, you know, the biggest hurdle to get over is, is is first of all, you had six months of believing someone that you cared about and why wouldn't you? And you got lied to. And I think the the one thing you have to remember is anyone can be lied to. Anyone acting on, my, my dad used to say this to me, you know, the, the honest one always gets fucked. That's how it goes. So you were acting honestly. You're in this relationship. And while you both may have been unhappy and going through things and not communicating, like those are all other issues, but someone acted on it and someone didn't. You didn't act on it and just act out and go find some new dude. You did, you know, you you did your own thing and then he acted out. He went and found someone else. And that's the part where you go, what the fuck, dude? So... I don't think, so being lied to, I wouldn't hold yourself 
I wouldn't be so hard on yourself for being lied to because anyone could be lied to. It doesn't make you a dumber person. It doesn't make you an idiot. Doesn't make you. It doesn't make this person smarter than you. They. They. Anyone can be lied to. So I think that's one thing. And then the other thing is this idea of like, am I a sucker? Like, should I make them go through more to get me back? Am I being too easy? Am I forgiving too easily? Like, that's another thing. And it's all ego shit. And I can't tell you what to do. What I can say is like, there's gotta be some version of like, first of all, I also think like, you know, you, I guess the, the silver lining, if there's any, is that you've gone through this. Like something you wrote that kind of stuck out to me we stopped communicating, grew further apart. We seem to be talking so much more. Intimacy is at an all-time high now, which is awesome, and it feels like we're growing through the experience. That's not to say we don't, don't have bad days or huge arguments when I get triggered by something at the store. Can you change the dynamic of the relationship after a few years of toxicity, arguing even worse, ignoring you? Are we going to spend all the energy trying to work on things only for this to happen again? You said something. They have no kind They. um I think the fact that you've experienced it when you had bad, oh, you said, are we going to spend, um, when, for this to happen again when something hard happens again? I think if something hard happens again, you've done this other, right? You, if something hard come, happens again, you've done it one way. Now you know to do it this other way, which is we got to talk, we got to have it out, we got to get in touch, we got to be communicate. And the only time, it, to me, the only mistake you could make with that is if they're not, if they refuse to do that. If both of you notice something bad has happened and you're going to the same, and, and if you notice I'm going, oh my God, I'm doing the same thing as I did before, and then you go to them and you go, hey, um, we got to talk this out. I'm doing that. We're doing that. We, we just had something hard happen and we're doing the same thing we did before. Then you both aren't working on it anymore. And that's probably the time to end it. But it sounds like you're like trying, like, which I think is, again, admirable. It's not like you were like, I'm going to go find a new dick and I'll suck it and then we'll see how you feel. Like, I. Uh, <laughs> You know, you, it sounds like you're doing like the healthiest version of trying. And sometimes, you know, it's funny that I've landed on this theme on this email of trying. Some people see effort as like stupid, like effort kind of gets like shit on. Right? Like, oh, look at look how hard they're trying. Look at the try hard. Look how hard. And it's like. No, 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 that's amazing. You two, I mean, and then the problem becomes you get one shitty friend that's like, oh, you went back to him. It's like, shut the fuck up. This is what works for me. So I don't think you're an idiot. I think if both people are trying and doing different things than you were doing before, then that's a win, but I do understand, you know, you're like, how could I ever try? And this is the other thing. If you can't, if, if all your time, and you even wrote it, uh, are we going to spend all this energy trying to work things out? 
and only for it to happen again. I would be more worried that you're spending all this energy. Not that it will happen again, but am I spending all this energy just to feel a little bit of happiness where if I just restarted, I would feel I don't have to sit here and not trust them. But I would argue that you would not trust any new person that came into your life because of what happened. I think it would be hard for you to trust anyone, not just this person. I don't know if this is helpful. I hope it is. If I was you, I don't know. I don't know. How could you ever trust six months of cheating? And especially the way they got caught. They didn't get caught. That that would weigh on me too. You didn't catch them. The partner got caught, so they had to come out to you. So I would understand why that would be like, well, this guy didn't even tell me until it was going to become a problem for him. Would he have ever? What was the plan? There's a piece of me that if I was cheated on like that, I would be like, well, what? give me everything. Tell me what the plan was. Like, I would want to know how it went down. Like I, like I would want to interview, and I know this is easier for me to say when I'm not in it than when I'm in it because it would be hurtful, but I would be like, tell me the schedule. How did this go down? How did you, uh, did I ever get close? You know, like I would, I would want to interview them like I was, catch me if I can, if you can, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Like I wanted, well, who's the guy that, uh, Tom Hanks, boy, it's Tom Hanks week. Here on the J Train podcast, yeah, Tom. If I'm, I want to like know when did I get close? What I would want to like, I don't know. And maybe this is just me, but I've I've learned that we're all ten percent away from each other. If there's a way to have a conversation over a glass of wine about the logistics of this, somehow that would make me feel better that they were like so open with me about it that we could just talk about it in a way that I don't think this is good advice. Believe me. I I just think like, I I think of like, if something like that, if someone did that to me, I would want to know everything. Give it, give it all to me as as, as dirty and horrible as it is. Did you ever talk to them about how much you felt bad for me or, or have about it? Or was there ever a time that they asked about me? Like, I don't know. I would want to know so much more. And oddly that might make me feel bad better just I don't know I'm, I'm rambling so I don't think you're stupid for trying if I were you I would have I mean I would math this out as much as possible what do you, what do I mean by math this out like just like the boss from the last email let's schedule an honesty meeting let's well, I think that's a pretty good idea every Sunday we have a glass of wine for an hour and we and we say everything that we felt throughout the week the annoying things one thing that annoyed us one thing that we that made a made me hot that's a good way of opening up i wish i had done that in relationships this is a, i think this is a better idea than i'm <laughs> it would be one thing that annoyed me about you i i think this would help a lot of relationships every sunday you two get together and you have honesty hour. You put a thing on the clock and you have to say one thing that annoyed you about them, one thing that you loved about them, 
one thing that made you wet or hard about them. And then one thing that happened this week that you didn't tell me. Have it all out. And sometimes I give this advice and I'm like, it's easy for me to give. Like, I'm not invested in it. I'm not emotionally scarred by it. I'm not hurting. I get it. Um, these are just ideas. And I'm sorry this happened. This is horrible. And I'm sorry for the year that you're having. And I, I think there's better coming. But I'm an optimist. I, I don't know. I sound, People think I'm cynical. Like, someone read my tweet the Halloween tweets and I did the one about the the dog in the hot dog costume and they're like what do you got against those dogs and I'm like did you even read it and they're like oh I just assumed you were roasting it's like no I, I the amount you're doing too like he's at these therapy sessions he's with you constant check-ins that's that's the whole point of the honesty hour Let's have a, uh, because what happens is you start walking by each other over the course of the week, then it becomes a month. I've been in that. I've been in that where you're like, you know, we've talked, but we haven't talked. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Roommates date with male drama. Jared, feather, feather to your lovely balls. Thank you. My roommate, 28, just went on a date with a 34-year-old man. She comes back to describe the date to me. Good conversation, but attached with some drama. He has a 13-year-old son, which he didn't mention before the date. He doesn't even have a relationship with the son. Hey. The son lives with his ex-wife, whom he divorced after cheating on him and giving him chlamydia when the return when he when he returned from Afghanistan. Oh my god. Every sentence in this thing gets just adds a layer of of, of like thick cheese <laughs> not cheese but like you know what i mean like <laughs> every every sentence good conversation but the attached with some drama he's got a 13 year old son okay didn't mention before the date uh, he doesn't even have a relationship with the son uh, the son lives with his ex-wife uh, whom he divorced after cheating on him uh, and giving him chlamydia chlamydia uh, when he returned from afghanistan uh, you know like he became addicted to painkillers. This email doesn't stop and decided to remove himself from his son's life and 12 years later is revisiting the idea of building the relationship, the son and the dad. Okay, well, okay, it had some positive. She came back to tell me all of this and is thinking about a second date. She said she wasn't really even that attracted to him but takes time to usually get there. My red flags are tingling since this just seems like too much for someone who just wants a healthy relationship. When do you know to give someone a chance? What's your advice, Jared? Sincerely, roommate who wants to say hell nah. Well, to me, the biggest, all of this would be, f first of all, when's he supposed to reveal all of this, right? I don't like that date one, he's like, here's everything. But a lot of these things are kind of unavoidable because there's, you know, having an addiction to painkillers, I, you know, on a first, I, I don't think that's, here, okay, I don't know what's the right or wrong answer. Here's how I would feel. Addicted to painkillers, that's a first date conversation. I have a kid I'd want to know, uh, that would be something I would talk about. I would want to hear before I went on the first date. Um, my wife cheated on me. That could be a first date conversation. So I guess having, 
I guess my biggest issue is he didn't reveal that he had a kid before, but also he has no relationship, but he's trying to get back into it. It seems like this person's going through a lot. You know, I don't know where they are on the addiction spectrum, if they're sober or, or how recently they're sober. To me, the idea that, you know... Someone could be going through all this and dating someone. I, I think that can be true. But when they're pouring it out on a first date, it's a little bit like, how connected with this are you? How okay with this stuff are you? Have you... And I think for her, in speaking to your friend, when she says, I wasn't really attracted to him, it's it's tough from my end. I would never be on a date. I was. I would never be on a date with someone I wasn't attracted to. I'm just saying that right now. But when she says I wasn't in that attracted him, but and then what happens is, buddy told me his life story. He opened up to me. This isn't opening up as much as it's just like this is my life right now. I Bachelor in Paradise. I talked about with Michael A. Michael A. Was the. Um, um, is the guy who lost his wife. And then he talks to this woman, Sierra, on Bachelor in Paradise, and Sierra, like, falls for him. And then I, I, during the, you know, kind of the review of the episode, I was like, well, Michael A. has to reveal these things without even, he, he has to get deep without even trying to get deep because he has a wife who passed away and he's got a kid. To me, this guy, there's a faux depth to those conversations he does have to say hey i'm sober he does have to say hey i have a kid at some point hey i don't think he has to say the chlamydia thing i don't think he has to say the cheating thing but you know you know he does have a story it came back from afghanistan he offers depth without effort to show the depth so to your friend they may come back from the date and go, I feel so connected with him because he revealed all this stuff, but it may not have been as important to him to reveal them. So that's my thing with this is like, there's a little bit of, I don't think it's, it's almost like tragedy bombing instead of love bombing because they're like, and now you feel like, oh, well, he wouldn't have revealed this to me, but I think he had to. I think that's the one thing I would say as, as the roommate be like, hey, all of this information is very tough to deal with i'm sure you know but it's not that big a deal that he revealed it to you that would be my thing to your roommate and then i would not deal with it like i it's your roommate it's their problem jtrainpodcast at gmail.com jtrainpodcast at gmail.com we'll do one more if you're listening right now thank you i hope you enjoyed the alone episode if you didn't let me know. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you thought of the alone episode. Every now and again, we dim the lights and we do the uh, do an alonesy. That's right. Do an alonesy. And if you're listening right now, I have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. It's $5 a month. If you liked this version, if you're this far, then I'm assuming you're enjoying this. If you like this, you'll love Coffee with J-Train. I do a Coffee with J-Train, which is like me reviewing the week. And if you go back and listen now, there's there's a new one today, but last week's at the time, you know, the, the newest one is the time of me taping this. I talk about going to Carnegie Hall and seeing my brother's girlfriend's younger sister, who is like the lead um, violinist at Juilliard. And I also talk about meeting Zach from Tasha's season of The Bachelor. I bombed in front of him 
at Gotham Comedy Club. So you can go listen to that and sign up uh, five bucks a month, two extra podcasts a week. I also do a luxury lounge for Patreon too. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. Five-year relationship helped my sex life. J Train, love you and all your content. Writing you to get your wisdom on the sexual sexuality element of my five-year relationship. My girlfriend and I, both 27, have reached what I feel is a plateau in our sexual relationship. Ooh, 27, so five years. You got together post-college. I get it. As the male, I have a difficult time getting her in the mood. I would estimate that we get intimate once or twice per month, which is below my expectations and drive. I would take away the word expectations from that. Some I understand. He, I like this guy for writing in. I like everyone who writes in because it takes a certain amount of vulnerability to write in. But I think the word, but if, if I just, I just know it's not going to go well. Your sexual performance is below my expectations. Like, what's she supposed to say? What's your expectations? You're not performing to my expectations. It just sounds like you'd have that voice when you say expectations. But I do understand. Hey, I have a sex drive and it's not being driven. This intimate decline uh, has compounded over the last six months or so and has brought me to feeling increasingly more awkward to initiate intimacy when it does happen. All this points... Uh, at this point, sex doesn't seem to come spontaneously. When it does happen, it does not feel like we are both ready to jump on each other, rather that we are both aware that it's coming, which feels less exciting. I know it's wrong to feel awkward to initiate intimacy in a five-year relationship. No, I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's wrong at all. Sometimes you need to readjust. I get that. I think living in the world of right and wrong when it comes to sex, it ain't going to get you anywhere. I think this is what it is. It makes sense. I get it. But this is how I now feel, and I don't want to do the correct, uh, don't know what to do to correct the path. When we do have sex, I feel super connected to her. I want to build a life with this girl, but this has been a big obstacle for me. So any advice on reigning this, reigniting the spark would be greatly appreciated. Okay, I've gone through this. Um, and let me start by saying, what you wrote in the first sentence before you got to your expectations. Um, I have a difficult, uh, my girlfriend and I have reached what I feel is a plateau in our sexual relationship. I would say that that line and say, I feel speak in I terms. I, and I would, I think you got to sit down with this person and speak to them directly the conversation won't result in like you guys are probably not. It's going to be hard. It probably won't result in you guys wrapping each other in, into each other's arms and fucking like crazy. It's probably not going to turn into that, but it will get these things out there because here's what I know. If I feel it, you feel it. So if I feel awkward, she feels awkward. If I feel weird, she feels weird. If I feel that there's a plateau, they feel weird. There's a plateau. I I really do believe that. No one's that stupid. No one's that unaware. And if they are unaware, you got to go, okay, we're on two different pages. But that helps too. But I think you need to live in the idea if you speak about your own feelings then that gets them vulnerability produces vulnerability so i think you have to have a talk of like hey i feel like i would, I would some of these things get rid of the expectations but like i would say i f ever when i when it does i feel like i'm not ready i feel like i'm not be um 
I feel like I'm always aware sex is coming. It feels less exciting to me. Speak in I terms, speak in me terms. I, and, and I would say how you feel about them. I, I, I want to build what you wrote. I want to build a life with you. But this is a huge obstacle that I want to make sure we figure out and have the. Here's what you're trying to figure out not how to fuck better. This isn't about a finger in the ass. This is about you two. And this is the hardest part. This is about you two having the ability to have this conversation. Going back to the cheating email, they didn't have the ability. It took cheating. And then all of a sudden, now they're working on it and doing these difficult things. Right now, the easiest path is not talking about it until someone cheats on someone. And then you go, oh, we got to talk about it. So I would say, this is you saying, we, we haven't figured out how to talk. And what, what happens is, especially 22. At 22, you're both new to sex, you're both new to communication, you're both immature, and now you're 27, you're going, I feel like we we need to grow. And then you go, but wait a minute, I don't, because, and this happens as a guy, you go, well, I'd like, what happens, and this has happened to me, I'd like a, I talk about finger in the butt during a blowjob. I have brought that up to women. They go, well, who'd you do that with? And it becomes very accusatory. And you go, nothing. I, I, and then they go, well, what, what, what made you think of this? What and it's like, this is where it gets really hard. Because then you have to explain, like, I don't know, I heard about it once. I just, wanna, I just want, the, and I think it, those conversations become easier when it starts with, hey, I feel like we're sitting here. I feel like I want to build a life with you, but there's really, I, I'm feeling less excited about sex lately. That's hard to say, but you got to say it. And then that thing that I brought up before, I think that would be a good solution for this guy too. One thing that annoyed me, one thing that I loved, one thing that made me hot, one thing I didn't tell you this week. The the honesty hour. Bottle of wine in the middle, two glasses, piece of paper in front of both of you. I want to hear if someone does this. I might do this in any relationship I come into in the future. Sunday honesty hour. There might be tears. There might be boners. You don't know. Podcast at gmail.com. We're here every Monday. Let me know what you thought about the Alone episode. I love doing these every now and again, like dimming the lights. Hope you enjoyed. Support the sponsors. Join the Patreon. Boston, if you're out there still. Come on out Saturday night going to be a blast. Back next week. Boom.